When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode of Bush of Record is brought to you by you, the listener who supports this podcast. You could do that by going to patreon.com slash Bush Breakaway. Very easy. Our secret insider's chat was popping off this weekend. A lot of drama, a lot of fun times, and Goodrow is now a New York Ranger. Everyone was super excited until the contract was revealed. Greg and I will break that down on today's episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway, but first, let's go to ESPN commentator and legendary New York Ranger, Mark Messier. Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier, and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Welcome to the week of the Boosters Breakaway. I am your host, Ryan Mead of patreon.com slash Boosters Breakaway, where you can find out all the newest, hottest drama and a leak on your Twitter feed. And I'm here with my dear friend, Gregory. Greg, say hello. Oh, no. I don't feel like it. Not today. Oh. I thought about it for a second there, and then I was like, nah, fuck it. I, nah, caught, I caught him off guard, everybody. <laughs> right, right away at the beginning of the show. Uh, a lot um, has happened. I don't even know where to start. I really don't. Yeah. So, oh, I know where to start. So this was the most profitable weekend I've ever had at Saratoga. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. I had this on my list as uh, alert. Do this first. So keep going. Oh, no, no, no. I want to read you a text message exchange I had between myself and our good friend, Jeff. Okay. Um, Congratulations, Jeff. Because I just I want it on record that I've I called all of this as it was happening. Oh, let me. I should have had this pulled up. Yeah. No. I th- uh, your your horse betting wins or the Goodrow contract. No. 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 Oh, you'll there see. goes a Slack notification. See. Really off to a hot there start on hey, this. Boom. On this podcast. Um, Really great A minute. <laughs> uh, this is not ideal. I really should have had. No, you really should have. Um, absolutely. I, uh, started doing this. What are we even doing? Do I could cut. Start over? I could no, cut it. That doesn't sound right. I won't. You want to leave it in? We can. Uh, I said okay. <laughs> I found it. I found it. I found it. Saturday. Saturday. Yes. Ryan, this is Saturday. Yes. Two twenty-eight p.m. The timestamp it myself. Yes, I'm at this point slamming sent- beers and throwing axes. Yes. I was I was doing a lot of things and betting on horses. Yes, I said at two twenty eight p.m. Ugh, I'm getting confident in my horse handicapping again. Then at two fifty four p.m. Ryan, two fifty four p.m. Right. I said, great. Now I'm hitting ten to one winners. Something bad is going to happen. Uh... That was at two fifty four p.m. on Saturday. I am unfamiliar with anything that happened after two fifty four p.m. on Saturday. That checks. <laughs> that checks out. <laughs> Well, let's talk about um, – do you want to say goodbye to Brett Houghton first? I think that might be the, the best way to open this, uh, this little podcast. Poor guy. Hey, he's in he's Vegas. Just a, just a, <laughs> he's uh, – Vegas 11. That guy's going to do fucking – He's going to crush work. out there. Numbers. Oh, my God. Brett All Houghton. the tourists who come there, like, specifically to get into trouble in he's Vegas. He's going to be able to get into Brett a Houghton. show once he's mm-hmm. off the team. They're going to hire him. It's going to be awesome. 
Yeah, good for good for Brett. Um, I just I loved I loved how much attention the the reply I got to Jesse Granger, where it was like Brett out in scouting report, great looking dude, gonna do really well in the Vegas bar scene, not an NHLer. Everyone was like, that is perfect description. Thank you for coming. Yeah, it, it is. Um, I think we'll miss talking about the man rocket on this show, or the lack of legally speaking talking about the man rocket on this show. He we, was. We should, we should acknowledge Ryan. We mm-hmm. figured out why he didn't work in New York, though. They were just playing him out of position. He's a winger. No, he's a defenseman. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that what happened? I missed the defenseman. Yeah, the, part. the Vegas, Vegas when they announced the trade, listed him as a defenseman. That's wonderful. Did you know that uh, there? This is like such a non-fact. When the when the Rangers in, initially introduced him on an MSG show, it also said defenseman. So there you go. Maybe they just watched it, that that I, show. I think we've <laughs> solved the riddle here. Hmm. It, it, we always seem to do that. We make the, the defensemen wingers and the wingers defensemen. So here we are, New York Ranger way. Barclay Goodrow, Barclay Goodrow, uh, signed with the New York, or he's reportedly going to sign with the New York Rangers for six years, $3.6 million. The people of the good Twitterverse are already flipping crap. There is a lot to say about this contract, and there is a lot more work to be done for Chris Drury who has a lot on his plate coming up this week. I think Thursday will be a big day. That is the day after the expansion draft and the day before the actual draft. And uh, day, day of the actual draft. Nope, nope, day before. You're absolutely right. Look at me go. And uh, <clears throat> uh, there will be a lot. I think there will be massive moves on Thursday, but let's break down the Goudreau contract and signing right away. So they trade the seventh round, seventh overall, seventh overall, Jesus, seventh rounder, for Goudreau's rights um, to negotiate with him before anybody else. There are rumors out there, and I had at least heard that he was asking for $5 million times five years. The report is 3.6 times six years. Six years seems like a ridiculous amount to be giving to Barclay Goodrow, who's 28 years old. The number is okay with me, but the six years is really the part that dumbfounds me. Uh, and I think our, our friend and uh, frequent guest of this show, Drew Way, said it best. Um, the contract is probably bad. It's probably going to be fun watching Barclay Goodrow, and he'll be really easy to root for. And it's probably movable down the line. And that's it. Yeah, I. We we always do this. I I don't know. I don't think. I think you and I, again, somehow, not that we bucked the trend, but it it would have been so easy for just to join the pile on that seemed to be happening on Twitter throughout the day as the details emerged. But I do think people forget the amount of times I saw, like, worst contract ever, horrible contract, can't give this contract out, blah, blah, blah. We always forget that Chris Drury is operating within the National Hockey League, which means not only is this contract one that any other GM would have given out, I'm telling you right now that in three years, if Chris Drury wants to move this contract, he's not going to have a problem. It's, it, it's, it, it might be a dumb contract, but it's a super dumb league. So if you think that it's a bad contract for the Rangers, buddy, I got news for you. Someone's going to take it, and they're going to pay you an asset to do it because that's the league in which we follow. It's a stupid league. I totally agree. And we <clears throat> we continually find that out over and over and over and over and over Every again. Every day. It's Every unbelievable. Day. We'll talk about the Carey Price thing in a couple minutes because I cannot wait to talk about that. But Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Goodrow thing signals to me even more that the next three years are the years that Drury is really trying to win a cup. Like, the window is uh, yes. officially open now. Because Goudreau is that you always talk about, and this is one of your um, your staples, I think, in, in, in takes. Goudreau is that player you add when it's, quote-unquote, the final piece 
like, hey, this might be a guy that's really going to help us in the playoffs. Um, you know, his analytics aren't nice. The value charts from him, from Shayna and Dom, are not nice to Goudreau. But the eye test seems like he's a third-line winger slash center that can do a lot. But he's not... That means, to me, that signals that Drury is so far from done this offseason. There's a lot more transactions to be to be done. And on top of that, they want to win a cup in the next three years. And there's no doubt about that to me anymore, officially. Yeah, I... How could you not? You're well. You're right that one of my one of my like tenants is Barclay Goodrow. That type of piece is it should be the last piece you add when you feel like you're ready to compete. And when we look back on this entire offseason, it'll start with Goodrow, but it obviously will not end with Goodrow. The Rangers have a lot to do and a lot cooking, and they're going to do a lot in the next literal week. Um, but I've also said maybe one of my biggest principles is you never pay your debt. You just don't do it. This is this and might I, be a top three principle you've ever spewed on this podcast. Yeah, because it's not just about it's not just about the Rangers. It's more important in sports in which you have a salary cap, but it's also true in just every sport. You're not supposed to pay your role players. It's that's not how you build a team. The thing that makes a role player special is they are overachieving, and then you don't pay them when their time comes to be paid for their past accomplishments. It's 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 the easiest principle to follow. I also understand it's one of the hardest principles to follow because it is not easy to find the Barclay Goodrow type player when he's undervalued. That is super hard. Right. Barclay, Barclay really Goodrow for less than a million dollars is a tremendous asset. Absolutely. Yes. Just like an so- asset an asset in which you can justify trading a first round pick for. Yeah, probably. Uh, if you're going, I mean, it's, it, it, it's what happened. Yeah, that's why I said it. Yeah, there you go. I, I meant in the future, maybe. Who knows? Uh, but now, now that well, now not, that's not going to happen anymore because he makes three point six million dollars. But the three point six million dollars, this is a team that the Rangers that are flush with cap space right now. But that's going to dry up very quickly. You are going to find out later this week, possibly that that they can't afford to keep certain players that you love dearly. In well, Bucevic. Well, um, we we so I, there's a bit of a misnomer in the way you've worded that. But it's, the Barclay thing is not the reason why they cannot sign Bucinevich. Is they yeah, right? They they do the Barclay Goodrow trade and extension because they've already made their Bucinevich decision. That's which correct. We're not extending him. Like Barclay Goodrow, they didn't trade for Barclay Goodrow and then say we're going to sign one of the two, and it's whoever says yes first. And Goodrow said yes first. That's not how it worked. The Rangers walked down the path with Bucinevich realized they weren't going to come to terms on a long-term agreement, decided that the best course of action for them now is to shop Buchnevich, and they needed to then move forward with building out the rest of their forward depth, in which, in this instance, it was, in, it was acquiring Barclay Goodrow. They, they did not make the Goodrow decision before the Buchnevich decision. They've made the Buchnevich decision. It is done. We don't know where he's going. We don't know what they're going to get in return. But you can take it to the bank that Pavel Buchnevich will not be a New York Ranger on opening night. It's just not hard for me to see. Even if I think Buchnevich's camp is looking for somewhere between five point five million and six point five million, and even if they were to like go like six six, the Rangers can't afford it with Mika Zibanejad, Adam Fox, and a bunch of other players coming up. They literally can't make it work uh, in the long run, especially if they're trying to trade for a second line center like Eichel. Or or Bo Horvat or whatever it is, however you, how you say his fucking last name, 
Uh, in, in this I like case, how you almost fucked up Bo there that time. Though, didn't I do it the last legs. time too? We have a segment. No, it, I don't know what I, I don't know how you fuck up that name. It's like seven letters total. I know we have a segment at maybe the end of the eight, podcast where eight. our friend Drew uh, gave me a bunch of names to read. So that'll be a fantastic time. Anywho, um, I, I don't see a way when Chris Kreider signed his extension. That was kind of the death of extending Buchnevich, and I don't think they they saw the leap that Buchnevich took this year coming again. I don't. I don't know if it was the again. I, I think it's the Kreider extension in conjunction with them winning a lottery in which the clear number one talent was a winger. Like if if just the Kreider extension happens and the Rangers don't win the lottery, I'm not convinced Pavel Buchnevich is not a Ranger long term because there's a clear long term home for Buchnevich in the top six that also doesn't directly impact Chris Kreider. But then you add in the fact that. Ideally, the Rangers' top six is going to include Lafreniere, Kako, Panarin, and one other person. You know, push has to come to shove at some point. Yeah, I know. It's uh, do, where do you think Barclay Goodrow ends up playing? If you had to guess right now, because I, right I think now? I think though that he's got a really good chance of being this sort of next scapegoat for the Rangers. Like if if he ends up playing on the fourth line at all, people are going to be like, "We're paying three point six million dollars for a fourth liner." You know how this is going to go, right? Yeah, I gotta, I gotta tell you, as things are right now, I think I'd be pretty surprised if he wasn't on the second line right wing to start the year. Oof. And I'd be even more <laughs> shocked if he was anywhere below the third line. Yeah, I could see that. You're, you're thinking that Bujanovic is gone and Kako's on the first line. Yeah, that, sure, that's fair. Let's go with that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I just, I got. I, from what we know about Gerard Gallant, from talking to George Richards, from talking to Jesse Granger, Barkley Goodrow is just going to check every Gallant box. So it's hard for me to believe that he's going to check every Gallant box and Gallant is going to be like, here's eight minutes, even strength on the fourth line while also playing on my top penalty kill unit. Mm. Like he's he's playing in the middle six. I don't know if it's second line. I don't know if it's third line. And I got to tell you, towards the end of the season, he was getting second-line ice time with Tampa Bay. So it would be awfully hard for, I think, the Rangers to look at that and be like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Do we have six forwards that are more useful in a current construction in which the chemistry is even on these lines that keeps Barclay Goodrow off of it? As I sit here right now, in my head, I am envisioning a second line that is Benarin, a center yet to be acquired, and Barclay Goodrow. Man, I guess I could see that. Yeah, I could see it. I really could. Whew, it's going to be an interesting offseason. We have a lot to go here. Um, and Thursday is probably the start of it all. Uh, Goodrow, we're going to talk to our friend Matthew Estevez in a couple. He'll give us the whole breakdown from it. Two things I want to say. A terrible, awful contract that hinders you from doing anything is something like Matthew DeShane, who signed for, what was it, eight million, eight years? That is yeah. actually a miserable contract. Like almost the second it was signed, no one, no one made them well, sign it. It they, they did in Nashville. Yeah, and and again, it's worth pointing out. It's it's not even I, six years is too much. We all agree. Yeah, this is why we all laughed at Matt Martin getting five years from the New York Islanders. It's just too many years to give that caliber of player anything over three. You you've just galaxy brained it way too much, and that that's fine and that's good and that's fair, and none of us are disagreeing. I would say it's going to be a lot easier to move this contract in the final three years of that deal than people give him credit for. And I'll also say that again, 
I think people's problem with the Goodrow contract is simply because the Kreider contract exists. That like might if, be true. If, without the Kreider contract, yes, we're still complaining about the six years, but I don't think people give a shit about $3.6 million. If this, if this sure contract they, was 3.7 or 3.6, whatever, times three, we, I don't think anybody – there'd be some complaining, but it would not be the same. Yeah, it would, it, we'd all say it's a little rich, but if you're going to give that contract now, at least you're limiting the term. Yeah, right, I know, and then also it, it, it really comes down to the six years. I don't know if you saw, but Carpinello today was saying the Rangers are going to target Coleman too. I was kind of surprised by that. I was like, with what money? Well, we have to. We're just going to. It's hard for me to mentally picture what other players the Rangers could be targeting in free agency because without knowing the again, trades. the Rangers have added another forward without getting rid of a forward, and they already so had problems fitting everybody before. Right. We know Buchnevich is leaving. We have a yep. pretty strong feeling that Strom is leaving. And I think at least one other forward currently projected to be in the Rangers' top nine, probably also leaving. His name is definitely not Chris Kreider. So it's, I need to, I, like, maybe the Rangers can target Blake Coleman. Um, they, they could possibly have an opening, especially if one of these trades are, say, three guys for the price of one. Hmm. I just, I really, the way I sit here right now, Ryan, it's hard for me to envision other forwards the Rangers could be targeting because they need to get rid of some forwards in order to target more forwards. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, let's talk a little bit about the expansion draft. Uh, Rooney was protected. I think this was just a style of play kind of deal, and Blackwell was exposed along with Gauthier, Keith Kincaid, etc. cetera. Uh, I think the pick for the Seattle Kraken will be uh, – either Blackwell or Gauthier. I lean Gauthier because of the Francis connection. I think Blackwell will probably end up being back on the Rangers, which is fun because people like Blackwell a lot. And Gauthier was benched over and over again. Blackwell is probably the better pick for like a win-now scenario, but the upside is definitely Gauthier because uh, he's a brick shithouse, as you would call him. And in this case, um, I don't really mind the Rudy protection. It's fine. He'll be the fourth-line center, and he will, you know, PK and be fine. I just think he fits. They probably ask a lot and they probably ask him which player fits your system more. He said Rooney and that was probably it. I, I don't think there was more of a, I'm sure that I, I'm sure as we keep learning about Chris jury, he likes to turn over every stone and I'm sure he did that, but I, that's my simplistic way of breaking it down. Well, I would also go as far to say again, while you and I might not think Brett Howden is useful on the penalty kill. I don't think you of us had a, positive opinion about him again besides the fact that he can make pants just disappear for sure um i do think the rangers took a look trading howden for a draft pick and said well we don't want to lose two pkers in a span of two days mm -hmm. even by adding goodrow who will 100 percent play on one of the two rangers penalty kill units but again i think they view goodrow as the eventual buchnevich penalty kill replacement Whereas if they had to look at losing Rooney and Howden on the penalty kill, they would rather not. And Rooney plays penalty kill while Blackwell does not. So I think when you think of total team construction, Kevin Rooney slightly more valuable than whatever clown Blackwell could do as a sophomore season to his unexpected freshman year success. So I, I don't know. But we're also splitting hairs. Like if you told me this time last summer, that we'd be saying the Rangers are either going to keep Kevin Rooney or Colin Blackwell. I'd be like, then why are we even talking about it? Who gives a shit? Yeah, who cares? It, it, seriously, we when when these when Blackwell and Kevin Rooney were signed, the reaction online was, who? <laughs> no, a, it, wasn't, it wasn't who. It was just like, hey, look, them? something to dangle in front of Seattle in a year. That's fun. Fun. Yeah, yeah they were they were they were 
expansion eligible signees. Yeah. And both of them played very well last year. Good for them. Happy for them. Glad at least Rooney is staying. I honestly expect Blackwell to also stay. I'm going to miss Julian Gauthier. But if you're going to expose a player that Ron Francis, the general manager of the Seattle Kraken, drafted in the first round, odds are you're going to lose him. Yeah, I would say so. They probably still have some faith there uh, in Gauthier. It was surprising to me that, and I know Vince reported that they were looking for these kind of deals, but that we ended up protecting Hayek the kayak with one of our left-handed defenseman spots. It, it, it does seem like a waste, doesn't it? It does. Um, that was a, to me, that was a big, hmm, to Chris Drury, where I was like, you couldn't find one thing. You couldn't find one little trade to get one of these defensemen that they're, they're going to lose in the expansion draft. It was very shocking. And then, I don't know, unless there's still some sort of deal together with Seattle to make something work, and there could be. There could be like a three-team deal. Who knows? Seems like Seattle's going to be working a couple of those with Tarasenko and the Flyers and such like that. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, boy, St. Louis leaving Vince Dunn exposed sure does leave a nice little tasty meat on that bone, too. It does, yeah. And it feels like that should have been – Vince Dunn has been linked to the Rangers for, what, three years now? So it feels like it, right? Yeah, it does feel like a long time. So – I thought that would be a, a particular interesting player to acquire for, you know, a draft pick or so they don't have to lose him for nothing. Um, but it seems like they will um, get taken from the Kraken. The Kraken draft is going to be quite interesting. I know we, we kind of teased this a little bit, but the carry price, the best Canadian goaltender of all time. I don't know if you've heard of him uh, will be exposed. And it seems like that now he's incredibly injured and might miss the whole season suddenly, despite playing in the Stanley Cup finals like two weeks ago. Um, where do you it's- stand on this? Well, the Canadians, the Canadians did this twice, right? They're like, we're going to leave Shea Weber exposed, dot, dot, dot. By the way, we might have to amputate his foot. Uh, so maybe don't <laughs> he might him. retire. And it's like, yeah. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. And then they're like, oh, by the way, we're also going to leave Carey Price exposed, dot, dot, dot. But he also doesn't have a groin in one of his knees. And his hips so are bad. His him. hips are bad. And that's, yeah. that's really bad for goaltending, so don't take it. Yeah, and it's just like, it's like huh, how interesting. Um, all I know, Ryan, and all you know is we have been told Day in and day out about how fucking great Gary Price is. Legendary. Just had a Stanley Cup run. Did you see it? It was awesome. If every NHL player could choose one goalie to play for them in a game seven of a playoff series with everything on the line, who do they always choose? Gary Price. So now if you tell me that Seattle gets the opportunity to take the greatest goaltender since ice was formed back in the fucking Jurassic ages or whenever you're not going to take Harry price. You're not going to do it. Come on. It's what it would be criminal to not do it. it he just for the meme, he, just do it for the memes. They got, they got permission from the owners. I don't see a way they actually do it. To be honest, I think they'll, they'll, think, how do you, how do you not see how they, I don't see a way they don't do it. I guess the money is too much, but they're Seattle. They're going to have, what are, are they like a cap? Right. Okay. Right. I need you. I need you to sit down for a second. I'm sitting. Okay. Okay. Did you hear what the Tampa Bay Lightning did last year with money and salary cap? Okay, yeah, I've heard about this. So you're telling me, you're telling me, yeah. a goalie who needs two major surgeries, who makes $10.5 million a year, who might not be able to play for a couple years, you're telling me, Ryan, that a team flush with cap space who could possibly also use all of that cap space wouldn't put said player on a long-term injury reserved that would allow that cap hit to just not exist for a couple years. It's very interesting. 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 
I, I just don't understand how you would explain to your fan base, like, yeah, we did pass up on the goalie that was just in the finals. Yeah, the contract's a little rich, but, you know, he's the best goalie in the league all the time. So, I don't know. Like, what? I, I, but I'll also, I'll also say this. A lot of people have made this point, and it's a fair fucking point. If you're Montreal and you're telling me it's more important to protect Jake Allen in the upcoming draft because your number one goalie is injured and was injured, by the way, during said Stanley Cup final, and then you give Jake Allen a start and said Stanley Stanley Cup final. You're in the final. Your your goalie's hurt. The first two games he sucked too. You're playing. You're still gonna keep playing Carey Price. Yeah, that's bad. That's really yeah. bad. <laughs> you can't. You if, can't. Ryan, you just you, you can't sit here and say Jake Allen's too important to expose because Carey Price is hurt. If he's too important to expose because Carey Price is hurt. What the fuck happened in the Stanley Cup final? My dude, if if this was us and it was Henrik Lundqvist and Igor Shesterkin, let's say it was us and and Hank was hurt and we found out afterwards, we'd be flipping shit, right? But I, I don't even think Ryan. I don't even think it has to be Igor Shesterkin. I bet Cam Talbot at his at his peak Ranger backup. Sure, piece. that's a good. The one. Rangers make the Stanley Cup final, and Hank, the first two games of the final seems off, and we're all like, hmm, that's interesting. That doesn't look like Hank. And then after the season, there's an expansion draft. And the Rangers leave Hank exposed because he has he <laughs> requires major knee surgery and major hip surgery. And the rationale is, well, we can't risk losing Talbot. He's too important. All of us would be like, then why didn't Talbot play in the final? Are you kidding me? <laughs> the whole point of Holy having shit. this thing, like the Canadians' entire point is, right. well, if we want to win, we need Jake Allen because Carey Price is hurt. You could have won. All you had to do was start Jake Allen. He was healthy. Oh, my God. He was ready to roll. Oh, Oh, my God. It's incredible. Why isn't that, like, dude, where's Stephen A when you need him? Like, imagine, 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 like, fucking Anthony Davis is hurt, and they have fucking Brandon Ingram on the bench. Again, a a hypothetical situation here. And Ingram's playing well, but not getting started his minutes, and then the Lakers losing five. And it's because Davis played 41 minutes a night, unable to walk. Stephen A. would be like, you have got to be just the dumbest fucking organization I've ever fucking seen in my life. It's unbelievable. Well, congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've, uh, they've swindled the Rangers again. <laughs> they've tricked that's, us into overpaying. That seventh round pick 100% is going to somehow morph into three Yanni Gords. I know. Not even just one Yanni Gord. I was thinking the same thing. I, I read a comment. like, well, seventh round picks like never work out. I was like, except this one. <laughs> this is the only one that's ever going to work out. Yeah, it just it, it reminds me of like uh, the first round pick the Rangers traded for Martin St. Louis. The Lightning technically traded to the Islanders, and it became Anthony Beauvillier. So it somehow hurt twice, right? You know, it's it's like the Rangers traded the pick to the Lightning, who were like, "Oh, this pick's gonna be good," but we're so good that we don't even want to fucking use it. Islanders, you can have this one. Torment them for nine years, and they're like, "That sounds great, Anthony Beauvillier. How does that sound?" And Lightning are like. That sounds fantastic. And Ranger fans are like, we would like to fuck ourselves with a fucking steel pole. Like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we can say that now. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no post-it notes. This. Patreon, baby. Let's second. fucking go. In my head, as the words were formulating in my brain. I know. I, I saw the notes. I was like, man. Yep. Mm. Well, you just have to no cut notes. that out. Very interesting. No notes. Um, I, before anybody yells at me, I do know that Henrik Lundqvist was a seventh-round pick. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, let's get to our, our dear friend and guest, Matthew Estevez. We'll talk about mm. Goudreau extensively and Tampa Bay Lighting, maybe Blake Coleman and some other stuff, how the cheating worked and, mm. uh, and all that. And then we'll come back, do some five-star questions from Patreon, 
and uh, end the show. So, love you guys. Transition. Hey, we're back with our first and only and recurring guest, Matthew Estevez. Matthew, how are you, my friend? I'm good, boys. How about you? Forgot to introduce you. You're from Raw Charge. You covered Tampa Bay Lightning. That was important. Should have done that. Um, thanks for joining us again. You've been here many years in a row because for some reason, the Rangers and the Tampa Bay Lightning have a lot of different transactions and trades, and uh, we we borrow each other's players after they're done. And today we signed uh, Barclay Goodrow, and you guys just want to cup with him. So we kind of wanted to get the scouting report and bring you on. Of course, of course. Good old Barclay. Heard he blocked shots. You know, who would block Shea Weber's shot like that? Only Warriors, right? I mean, that's what John Cooper says. I know. And John Cooper knows a hell of a lot more than I do. That's a fact. Me too. And not just you. Me also and all of us combined. <laughs> so where do we even start with with Barclay? The contract, uh, as you probably likely saw, is $3.6 million over six years. Uh, he was making under a million dollars in Tampa. Tell us at least... What defines well, his game? I'll, 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 I'll even I'll, I'll, I'll simplify it for you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Are, are you – is the problem with the deal the years or the money, Matt? Because I know years. there's a problem with the deal from your perspective. Which one years. is it? Years. Years. It's the years, Honest, right? Honestly, like the actual like average annual value of it actually isn't that bad, honestly. Um, with more ice time, Goodrow is probably going to produce enough to like justify that price tag. Um, and his defense is phenomenal. It's just, I don't understand why they gave him six years. That's <laughs> just, you don't give guys like that six years. The AAV, sure. I, you can live with that. Um, especially given the contract situation that um, New York's in at the moment. Because uh, a, a lot of their good players aren't necessarily on gigantic ones just yet. Oh, at least yeah. the young ones. Um but it's the years. I mean, he's 28 going on 29. By the time this thing ends, he'll be 34. So, and you're looking at him to basically be the same player that he is right now for at least two or three years. So that's half of the contract. And then after that, you're hoping you can move him. Um, uh, it, it, to me, it's the term. It's just the term. If, if it's for four years, no one really blinks at this. I don't think anyone really blinks. I'm sure some of the analytics folks uh would probably be like oh you can't give him that much money but like 3.6 isn't like i don't think per year was that's terrible it's just you gave him that crap till he's 34 <laughs> yeah no and, it was a long time and with and with goodrow specifically he's always been or at least recently has been one of the guys that isn't going to pop on the analytical charts because he's a low event player but that's also part of what makes him valuable is it not because Everything he does well aren't necessarily the things that usually get people paid for doing. Um, I mean, analytically, he profiles as one of the best defensive forwards in the league. Like, that's without a doubt. The thing about him is that goals die when he's on the ice both ways. <laughs> um, but if you put Coleman with two good uh, players in general, like he was with Yanni Gordon, uh, Blake coleman you get to see a little more out of him um if you're relying on barclay goodrow to be your play driver on a line you're at you're asking for way too much for what for what he is if you put him on a line and he's a compliment to something and he he, he enables a line to kind of do their thing and he's just a guy who shuts stuff down you're going to reap the rewards of that um you just need to find guys that kind of fit that you need to find your own version of yanni gordon blake coleman um whether that'll work or not, I have no idea. I, I'm not super versed in how the Rangers' uh, forward lines are. Um, I know they got talent out the butt, uh, 
They might change but even if you were versed. Um, seems like a lot of things are going to be shipping in the next couple weeks here. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was about to say one of the players that might be playing with Barkay Glidro just sound like it's going to be Blake Coleman. So I'm just saying, like all the I mean, and and listen, Yanni Gord's available via the expansion draft. Maybe the Rangers just won all three. <laughs> Jesus, it's worth a shot. I mean, if you guys do sign Blake, it'd be good. Um, Blake's going to cost probably four and a half to five, in my opinion. Uh, especially if Bar Barclay gets 3.6. Yeah, Blake should get a lot more. <laughs> a lot more. Because Blake Coleman is good everywhere. The dude's good everywhere. Power play, good. Panicle, good. Or check, good. Back check, good. The dude's just good. Like, oh, like, just put it this way. If it was Blake Coleman who got 3.6 for six years, people would be drooling over that contract. Let's just put it that way. I was a little surprised it wasn't um, Blake Coleman. I, the Rangers have been linked to both all the last, like, four months. I felt like... I felt like this deal was done with Goodrow before the Tampa Bay Lightning even won the cup. It, there's been a lot of hints. There's been a lot of name dropping, especially of him for the last couple of weeks. I, I, what can Ranger fans like come to expect? Like the, the offense is really that bad. It's non-existent is what you're saying. Cause the Rangers have a lot of scorers. Like he's, he's not non-existent when it comes to scoring. He's just like, just like Greg said, he's he's low event. He's low event on both sides of the ice, um, which hurts you on the offensive end. But again, if you if you put him with players that can elevate his offensive side, that doesn't that at the same time doesn't hinder his defensive usage, mm-hmm. then you're you'll then Kudrow's going to be you know he'll be fine for two two three. Pray to God he doesn't get hurt, uh, two three years, and then. You know, he plays that style of game, you know, once he gets past 30 or 31 and you really start worrying about how his body's going to take all that beating. Because, I mean, Goodrow will play those hard minutes for you. There's a reason why he was out there for both cups in the last minute. There's a reason why. Um, aside from that, though, you you have to look at a lot of that 3.6 in the sense of defense and leadership. Um, Goodrow wasn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call Goodrow like a central figure of leadership in Tampa's locker room, but he most definitely had words and he most definitely had, um, a certain level of weight in that locker room, especially after he won the first cup. Um, so you can definitely expect that to come aside from that. I, it's just, if you're expecting him to score like 10 to 15 to 20 goals, you're, you're, you're out the lunch. That's just, that's just not who he is. If you're expecting him to chip in maybe five tops, 10 goals, maybe 15 to 20 points a season and be basically your best penalty killer. And like you're all, all defensive situations winger, who's going to make life a living hell for opponents. That's how you should look at him. You can't look at him as like a scoring third liner. That's just not who Barkley is. If he does fantastic, just know it's probably gonna be unsustainable if he goes on a hot streak. Um, but Again, it just depends who he goes with because when he was with us, he was a 20-point player. You put him with two good players, you know, you can make it worthwhile. That, that's essentially my next question. How big of a miscarriage of justice would it be if Barkley Goodrow opened the season on a line with Artemi Panarin and a center to be named later who might be named Jack, per se? <laughs> That'll be interesting to say the least. Uh I would I would sit there and ask why <laughs> why is Barkley Goodrow on your top line? But if it works, it works. Uh, I mean, everyone was saying that he he was like our third liner. Well, not third liner. He was he was he was part of that big third line. But that third line paid 
quote-unquote third line. They played second-line minutes. They played more than Sorelli's line because the Sorelli line struggled at times on both cup runs. And when they struggled, the Gord line was right there to say, don't worry about it, we'll take your ice time and just, you know, not give a rat's ass who we play. Um, all by that was driven more by Gordon Coleman. Goodrow was by no means a, a full blown passenger. So if you put him up there with Panarin and you know some guy named Jack, at some point, um, random it, dude, it might just work. Who knows? I don't know. It might just work. Who knows? There's there's always those weird lines that like you look at, you're like, really? That's the line that works. I mean, if it works, it works. That, that's, like you, really you mean like that. Vegas running out number one center Chandler Stevenson, just as we I all predicted. mean like number bad, one that's still bad number bad. one winger Leo Komarov, just like that. You know, I was talking, I was talking with an Islanders guy about that, and he's like, "Dude, Komarov is just there for one thing and one thing only: defense. Everything else, it's just okay. Ignore it. Just please play defense." That's- and I was like, "I get that." It just feels like a waste of Barzal and Everly's talents. <laughs> it is. Uh, it is. I think they'll, as you probably have heard, the Islanders are going to make some or try and make some big splashes this offseason, too, after they clear some cap space, as is tradition. Uh, we'll be cap doing... space, you say, Ryan? <laughs> <laughs> um, where does the Kucherov press conference rank among the moments of your life? Greatest. Yeah, if I figured. I would. I... Greatest. That, I, I, I watch that at least once a week every week. It's, it's phenomenal. I can if that was um, any player on uh, the Rangers after we won a cup, I I would probably get that that whole video tattooed on me. It was like it's anyone, just... who, anyone who gets upset with that, I just feel is just being soft as hell. It's just like, dude, he's like this dude's literally the crustiest. Oh, he's the crustiest motherfucker on the planet. He's weird. Yeah, definitely. I love. And then and, and then both cup championships, he just lets loose. We're like, oh my god, he has a personality. Now, all by we know he has a personality. Like us media folks, we know he has a personality. He just doesn't show it. And him showing it like that is such a just like a breath of fresh air. It's like just enjoy it. Like my God, just stop being jackasses. It just enjoy it. It's hilarious. Yeah, I have to be honest. Uh, despite this podcast calling out the cheating by the Tampa Bay Lightning, which they absolutely did for many many years, um, it, we I did love the eighteen million dollars over the cap shirt. It was a phenomenal move. Uh, I prefer I, I prefer the number one bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I think you might have the most underrated goalie in the league down there uh, by a good amount at this point. Is, can you well, really in, in, the non, in the non-carry price category of course yeah carry price goes carry one. Price sorry Matthew. yeah oh, yeah. Lord. <laughs> no he's still underrated i swear like he, he's not the when the rangers were making those cup runs it, the star was henrik lundquist and there's just too many other stars on the lightning where he doesn't get the spotlight i guess that's fair but i just I don't know, it's hard for me to, like, say that he's still underrated because he was the backbone of both of those cup runs. Like, he was phenomenal. He doesn't like, get the credit he, he deserves. Phenomenal. Kucherov goes fucking nuts, as you I know. I mean, he, he, got, he got the con smice, so he got the credit he deserved this go-around. Um, oh, but I don't think – I know a lot of people are making a fuss about the Vesna this season. And I, honestly, I was like, you know, if Flurry wins it, it makes sense. If Essie wins it, it makes sense. So I was just like, it's a toss-up. But then again, I also think the Vesna shouldn't be voted on by GMs. That's probably a good idea. Probably smart. Although, well, Carey Price should win every year if the GMs had it had it themselves. Anywho, um, what is the deal for the Tampa Bay Lightning come the expansion draft? Uh, who do you expect to lose? And um, is there uh, probably the center uh, of Blake Coleman and uh, Goodrow? Uh, it honestly depends what Seattle's looking for. I actually just put out my little fantasy draft of it on raw charge what i thought seattle should go for um 
I figured it'd be Gord since McDonough was protected. Um, biggest issue for Tampa was figuring out like who to protect because it was like, do you protect McDonough to keep their quote unquote top four D set? Do you not protect McDonough, expose his big salary and have his recent play and leadership abilities really entice Seattle? And then you can keep majority of your forward core together. It was it was interesting to see what they were going to do there. They ended up going four four one, which then exposes Gord, Palat, Kalorn, Johnson, um, and some of the younger players like Joseph and Colton. Uh, and so we'll see what uh, Seattle does. I think they'll take Gord. He's arguably the best forward available outside of Vladimir Tarasenko. And Tarasenko comes with a massive, massive warning sign of be careful with him, uh, just due to the injury. And if and even if he is healed, he might not be the same player. So if we take that away, he's arguably the best forward available. Uh, and he's a center, and he can play anywhere. Is he a top-line center? Probably not. Is he a really, really freaking good second-line center? Absolutely. But I don't think, you know, if C- Seattle's going to go in there thinking they're going to have, like, a like you know, a, a premier top line, that's not going to happen. They'll have a good top line, but it won't be, like, anything like what other teams can boast. Um, but, yeah. Gord, I think, is the likely target, but who knows? They might flip a switch and pick Colton or Joseph to go younger. I have no idea. Seattle likes to keep Seattle's kept everything close to their chest, and the insiders have just been basically, you know, we have no idea. So we've mentioned and we'll continue to mention how the Tampa Bay Lightning cheated last year. But in order <laughs> right. in order for them to stop cheating, they need to cut more salaries. So I would expect me personally as an outsider who, again, is just reflecting on how blatantly you guys have been about it. I'm assuming Johnson isn't coming back. And I'm assuming one of, if not both, of Palat and Kalorn are also not coming back on top of Gord. Do you disagree? Do you see a way in which they keep more than two of those guys or even one of those guys? Yeah, Um what it really comes down to is who they move after the expansion draft. They have to move at least one more forward after the expansion draft. So let's just say for a, uh, for theoretical sense, they take Gord. All right. They take Gord. That's 5.1 off the cap. Um, and we got to move one more to make enough space to make it comfortable to try and find um, an, uh, probably a depth defenseman, uh, backup goaltender. And then we got to sign Joseph and Colton and foot to RFA contracts all by, the only one who's probably going to cost a decent bit of that might be Colton. I think Colton's projected to make almost $2 million, I think. I think. So that's going to move one more forward. It's been tossed around in our Slack that we that we target Nashville's Cali Yarncroc with Andre Palat and kind of see if Nashville will do a one-for-one. One. If we do that, then our cap issues are basically solved. And we can sign all our RFAs and get a depth defenseman and possibly a depth forward uh, if we don't just rely on call-ups uh, and a backup goaltender. So it's one more forward. Definitely has to go to make the money work. Um, will they move another one? I, they might. Who knows? JVP is is one of those general managers who doesn't really let anything fall to the wayside. He checks everything, and he sees what he can do. Johnson, I don't know. Um, we tried to move him last offseason. No one would take him. He bounced. I wouldn't say he bounced back, but he had a solid season and a really good postseason. So maybe that makes people like him. I have no idea. It's hard to gauge. Because I figured someone would have taken a flyer out, flyer out on him uh, last offseason, and no one bid, even when he was on waivers. We tried, give, we tried to give him away for free, and no one would take it. So that should tell you something about how the G- GMs felt about the player at the time, and also how terrified they were of the cap due to the, due to the flat cap situation. So definitely one. My idea is to trade Palat for someone like Kelly Yarncroke um, and go from there. 
what it'll do? I have no freaking idea because this again, this front office likes to keep their mouth shut. Yeah, it seems to be a new tradition. The Rangers are starting to do that right now too, where they keep their mouth shut all the time about everything. Um, is there any fun like Goodrow story that we should know? Is there any like legendary moment when he, when he's on the Lightning? Legendary moment. I mean, he was on the ice for both cup winning situations. I mean, yeah, those I mean, are pretty sounds, freaking legendary. That sounds pretty themselves. nice. I'd like to get one of those, Matt. Appreciate it. Um, is, I meant more like a personality thing. Personality? Goodrow's awesome. Goody's a good <laughs> Goody's a good dude. <laughs> um, you're gonna love him. Like, is he is he overpaid? Maybe is he signed for way too long? Absolutely, but you're gonna love Barkley. I kind of feel that he way. Like, I ice. feel like no matter. Like, I've only been reacting to the contract all day, but there's gonna come a, become a time where every one of the Ranger fans that are following a game on one night is like, "Wow, I actually love this guy." It's probably all. He's probably awesome to root for. He seems like a, a great follow, at least as someone for, who's covering a team. But the I've only talked about his contract for the last twelve hours, and that's all I can ever. Because that's all that's that's all there is to talk about right now is his contract. Right. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's why I'm asking um, you. That's it. His play on the ice. I mean, you're gonna love him on the ice, man. He's gonna make opposing teams hate life when he's on the ice. I'm really that's interested to see how, how he is. He plays with Gallant because Gallant is all about this forechecking system. This Dude, he's perfect for that. Yeah, that's. I think that's exactly one of the reasons they they signed him um, is because they want that that Gallant system guy. It's the same reason they protected Kevin Rooney. It's like, hey, we want a system guy. He's gonna forecheck and play. I if you're if you're gonna have a head coach who's much more inclined to have a forecheck heavy system, Barclay Gojo fits that extremely well. Um, is it gonna lead to a lot of points from him? Mm, that remains to be seen. He his history shows that he's not really much of an offensive player, but he forechecks like a maniac, and that was evident through the two years that he was with us on that uh, Gord line. So if, if you're gonna ha- if you're gonna have Galan's system of just sheer forechecking and just creating havoc. Barkley Goudreau is going to be a perfect fit for that. Talking more generally, Matt, about deals we expect to happen in the next four days of absolute madness here. What to you do you think is the biggest domino that is going to fall? Do you actually believe Jack Eichel gets traded before NHL draft day on Friday? Uh, I want to say yes, but man, I feel like us as NHL Buffalo, fans, you, we've been we've been we've been teased with so many like blockbuster things that, and then they don't materialize. We're just sitting here going, "Ugh," you know. So part of me is just like Jada, like, "Oh yeah, okay. Well, I'll wait till I see it." You know, like what was the last big blockbuster that actually happened in the off season? Like, are do we have to go all the way back to Hall for Larson or Subban for Weber? Well, um, right. I'm trying to think. I mean, a lot of people were surprised when Kessel finally got traded again. I know, but I, I wouldn't consider that as like a as a like a block you know the magnitude maybe? of like, like if Eichel gets traded, that's a huge that's a gork that's the biggest trade like we've seen in a long time. Like a player like Eichel does not get traded, and so if Eichel goes wherever he goes, it's going to be probably one of the biggest trades of the next I don't know five ten years maybe going back fifteen years. I'm, try, I'm I'm really trying to think. I'm trying to think like what player of Eichel's caliber has ever been traded in the salary cap era, like a legit top 10 top five center in the entire nhl traded in his prime not in the last uh, five years yeah in the last five ten years i don't like what the closest one i think is hall for larson that's the closest i can think of right now i'm sure i'm sure we're missing one and i'm gonna hear shit for it so that'll be fine uh, we probably are like people are supposed to be like encyclopedias of this shit and it's ridiculous um, <laughs> it's true <laughs> it's true um 
I think that's all I got, Gregor. What about you? Uh, but if it's not Eichel, then who do you think is the domino? Do you think something Seattle's going to do something Tarasenko related where they're packaging him off to somebody else? Flyers. Do you think it's well? It, it's, it just came out on Tarasenko that said if Seattle takes him, he's most definitely not staying in Seattle. Right. So if it's not Eichel, I think Tarasenko is the prime target. But it depends if Seattle takes him because Seattle uh, Seattle has a few options in St. Louis. You know, there's Vince Dunn there um, if they want to take him instead of Tarasenko. So it's it's interesting. I do think. It's Eichel and Tarasenko are the big ones. And who knows? Maybe Tarasenko even gets traded regularly before the expansion draft for all he can't. But maybe, yeah. you know, Tarasenko, Tarasenko doesn't get picked and he gets traded anyway. Like someone finally, you know. He's, he's going to trade no matter what, too. I, I, I'm with you uh, on that. I think I, I think him and Eichel are both getting traded this week. That's where I'm going to land. I hope so, because God, do we need some entertainment. I'll eat shit on that one, that's for sure. But I think Thursday's Dude, hold, have we Have we all forgotten the possibility here just for a second hear me out montreal exposes carry price seattle takes carry price and then trades him with salary retained to toronto whoa oh whoa you know that was in the back of my head but to me it was too it was too much wishful thinking oh no i am in i think it could happen i don't know how we're gonna make the money work but we're gonna make the money work we're like they agree to take whoever the cheapest person available is from Toronto and then use Kerfoot as the trade piece that's going back to Seattle instead of drafting them. No, no, no. I can work my way through this one. Just give me give me a couple <laughs> minutes here with a pen and paper. I want Carey Price in Toronto is essentially what I'm saying. That would be hilarious. Um, <sighs> God, can you imagine that game of chicken that Ron Francis and Mark Bergeron are probably having here with Carey Price? I just think like, I ruined Ryan's day. Like, I really do like, think I ruined it. Can, can you just imagine Ron sitting there texting Mark Bridger and be like, so, you left Carrie unprotected, huh? He's like, you won't take him. It's the new for contract. Hmm. I don't think you're ballsy enough to wait and find out. Yeah. Bridger Van is telling Francis right now that Carrie Price had both his legs amputated. So he's just, yeah. he's just, I know. Shortly after those lists came out, a report came out that Price was going to have knee surgery. I was like, huh, I wonder who planted that. Very strange. Very strange. Uh, Gregor, anything else for our friend Matthew? Oh, no. no. Now that I've ruined your night, Ryan, I think that was the best. <laughs> Definitely hate that. you for that one. <laughs> well, Matthew, I can't thank you enough for coming on quickly talking to us about uh, Coleman and uh, Goodrow. And uh, congratulations on, on your back-to-back cup wins. I cher- hope you cherish them the rest of your life. You might get a third next year, to be honest with you, sicko. And, uh, yeah, how are you, how are, how are you going to circumvent the cap next year? Who needs surgery that doesn't need surgery? Uh, let's go with Hedman. I, I heard Hedman's a little yeah, bit. Yeah, Hedman's up. a little you beat could, up. You could wait until December to get that fucking knee fixed or whatever. <laughs> yeah, maybe Hedman. You know, let's just make it. Let's put it on like legendary difficulty. Let's put Vasilevsky on LTI. Wow, legendary difficulty. Congrats. <laughs> well, so now Gary Price is going to fucking Tampa Bay. And we'll send using Vasilevsky as the fucking LTIR <laughs> to make it work. No, no, hours. they'll get all Keith right, from us, and Keith will be like a, the un, the best goal in the league all year. It'll be unbelievable. Great, great for our client. All right, Matt. Thanks so much for coming on. You want, anything you want to plug for you going? Nah, boys. Nah, boys. All right. It's been it's been it's, it's been great to be here again. Always a pleasure, sir. We'll talk soon. See ya. Bye. Hey, we're back. We're gonna be at a. We're gonna do some five star questions right now from our dear lovely listeners, mm. and uh, we'll we'll go over there. So this is from Swineguard. Just listen to the pod. Great job as always. Is is there a booch for Matthew to Chuck trade worth considering? 
Uh, I mean, for the Rangers, yes. You, you'd have to explain to me why the Flames would want to. He says throw in, a, in Alberta native, native Matthew Robertson, and which team says no? The Flames. Still the Flames. Yeah, I mean, listen, Booch is very good. It's going to be very hard for the Rangers to trade Booch for a player that will make them better than they currently are with Buchnevich in the starting lineup. I don't necessarily think that trade is going to be available for the Rangers. I do think the Rangers could possibly use some of the assets in return for Booch to go get a bigger fish. But um, no, I, I just I don't think there I don't think there's any way to cut it besides saying that the amount of trades the Rangers could make in which they get better by moving Buchnevich in the trade are few and far between. But the problem the Rangers are facing is Pavel Buchnevich is not under contract. And while he's under team control for another year, all Buchnevich has to do is play that one year out and he gets to decide where he wants to go. So that does limit some of their bargaining power in these trades. Ryan for Rangers says, does the protection for Georgia mean that they still think they can get a good deal for him? I don't think that's what it means. Uh, but nope, nope. It just, it just means that they weren't going to acquire another goalie to meet um, ex- exposure requirements. So you might as well expose Georgiev. Seattle's not taking him, uh, and then figure out to trade. Yep, I still think they will trade Georgiev this offseason. Yeah, but also, again, guys, package. remember, we're dealing with the NHL, right? So while it's a, it's a reputation league, Carey Price is available. Jonathan Quick is available. We know Seattle has already signed Drieger, or whatever his name is, from Florida. They got a lot of goalies available that are better than Alexander Georgiev. They are not going to take Georgiev from the Rangers. And if they do... Well, I don't think the Rangers are going to be crying over two and a half million dollars in spilled cap space. I don't think so either. This is uh, this is from David. If Strom Plus is traded to Ottawa, what player slash prospect do you think the Rangers target? Which player slash prospect do you want them to target? I talked to a couple of different people about this, and I think one of the players that will be discussed on at least by the Rangers will be Colin White. He's a center with like some good underlying analytics. That the charts are blue, everybody. So you not that's how you know he's good. Uh, and I, I don't think Strom ends up on the team this next season, mostly because I don't think Drew, well, Drury's clearly going for the next couple of years, and they're, they're not going to want to try and trade Strom at the deadline for assets if they're actually making a push for the playoffs. No, and the Rangers have made it clear that they want to add another, something they consider a marquee center. I think that is the clear goal, and they've also made it very clear that Goodrill can play center. So the Rangers... I think internally at least feel like they have a top center in Mika and a third line center in Barclay Goodrow, and they just protected Kevin Rooney. So they might feel like at worst, they are three quarters of the way there. I think it's very clear. They want to upgrade over Strom. I, I don't know necessarily if Strom will be used to acquire that upgrade, but if obviously if they upgrade over Strom, they are trading Ryan Strom. Couldn't agree more. Uh, that'll that'll be definitely be uh, in the plans. This is from McBearcat. Who's who is picking at fifteen of this draft? If not us, who? My guess is still Buffalo. Yep, it's going to be Buffalo until it's not Buffalo. But I am still a hundred percent convinced that the Rangers are not using that draft pick I, on their own. I wish player. we could bet that. Can we actually bet it? I <laughs> again, our good friend Jeff. He's coming up this weekend. He'll be here to watch the draft with me and then go to the track on Saturday. And he's like, will you give me odds for this thing you keep saying, which is the Rangers won't be making that pick. And I gave him five to one 
that he wants to bet the Rangers make the pick. Really? So plus plus five hundred. Tell Jeff to text yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> so you want money as well? Yeah, I would love money. He he doesn't think they're making the pick. No, no, no. He thinks they are making the pick. I know. That's crazy. I, I, I misspoke. I'm sorry. That's very Ryan of me. Um, that's crazy that he thinks that. I think yeah, there's a so less got, than one percent chance they make that pick. Yeah. So he's got twenty bucks on the Rangers make the pick. If they make that pick, I owe him a hundred. If they don't, he owes me twenty. Okay, that's fair. Um, this is from. Oh, uh, I know Eric said he wants to answer his baseball question. I believe. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on the ridiculous ideas to speed up extra innings but not start with a man on second? Instead of starting with a runner on second, what if the defense could only have eight players in the field until the batting team gets a man on base? I think ah, that's silly as hell, Eric. <laughs> they can they can arrange the field as however they want. This is for extra innings. If it wasn't clear, also walking a batter does not unlock your ninth fielder. I I would I would like to watch regular baseball. I gotta be honest. I don't have a problem with the extra inning rule, but if it's not going to be that rule, I don't want it to exist. I'm I'm actually even more stingy than you and i would like to go back to the old way i'd like to but it's going back to the old way so you don't have to worry about yep, it. yep i'm happy with that um and then this is a segment that drew's been waiting for a long time he says hey yo thanks for taking my call long time first time ryan how do you pronounce the following names of the 2021 nhl draft eligible prospects that noted draft guru drew way has top two rounds of talent i will now name them gregory there's a couple mm. on here i See, now, the problem is Drew should have sent me how they're actually pronounced. Mm. That way I could fact check you. That's true. That's a, that, well, that's a mistake on Drew's part. It's Mackie. That is a mistake on Drew's Mackie Semo, Kev. Oh, I mean, there's no chance. I'm not. <laughs> Vile, uh, Vile, Vile, Kovunin. I got that last name for sure. Stan, uh, Stanis, Stanislav Silvozil. Savozil, Savozil, Aiden Hirschkilk. <laughs> I think I'm going blind. Uh, Prokov, or no, no, Prokor, Poltapov. Man, this is brutal. Uh, Oleski, Hemi Sal, <laughs> Hemi Sam Salami. <laughs> uh, Sean, I believe is his first name, and then Tishgirl, Tish Igirl, and Artim Grushnikov. Art, Art Yum? Art Yum? Yes, good. All right, I think I nailed it, Greg. <laughs> Boy, I can't read, dude. It's really hard. I can't read. Can't speak either. Can't do either. Um, any other topics we didn't touch on today? Uh, so, Ben, yeah, I'm need Don't ever do that again. Okay, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. Okay. I, I think we did great. We will record a BSB OT Wednesday night. Uh, we'll be previewing the uh, the draft itself. We'll talk about some other things, I'm sure. And then if there's anything happens on Thursday, we'll do an emergency late-night podcast. So, you guys, make sure you check out the Patreon for that. I don't hate the Goodrow contract. I do think it's bad. I don't hate it. I'm not freaking out, everybody. If you're out there freaking out, I think the Rangers can handle it whenever they want. I think they can ship it off. I know. Listen, I know all the people said if you, think if, if, if you already are thinking about moving it, it's a bad contract. I agree. It's not optimal. But I'm going to love rooting for Barclay Goodrow. It's going to be a fun time. And I expect a lot of changes to be happening over the next some odd days for the Rangers. I wonder if the rumors are going to start as soon as tomorrow. Um, yeah, I, 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 think, I think the review of the Barclay Goodrow can be summarized as simply and shortly as this. We all agree it's too many years. 
what we disagree on is the last three years of those years being easy to move. Yep. And I, I think they're going to be a little easier to move than most people give it credit for because it's a very stupid league. I think they're going to be very easy to move, and I've been thinking that even before it was signed. So we'll be back later in the week. Very fun times. We love you all, and uh, good luck this week because there's going to be a lot happening. Happy draft week, happy expansion draft, and happy, hopefully, big trade week. Love you all. Bye. And this podcast is actually brought to you by our Insiders Club, our deep state NHL New York Ranger insiders, Adam Cohen, Alex Gardner, Amber Cohensberger, Ben Waters, Ben Weber. Welcome back, Ben. Brian Doyle, Broadway Blue Shirt Bleeder, Chris F., a new, another new insider, CJ Stellwagen, David Aaron and David Siegel, Dennis Deitz, Eric Stagg, the legend himself, George Obrinsky, part of the team, Jarian Marquez, GD, JD, Jimmy Mack, Joshua Zarkin, oh man, I'm sorry, Josh, I probably messed it up, Christopher Florida, Lazar Kromkonsky, Matthew Kind, the legend himself, Pavel Kodrev, Ryan, not me, another Ryan, Stephen Lomayer, Stig Bull from also, Swingart, the Drop BK, Tommy O'Neill, Seriously, Tory from Manhattan, like absolutely Tory from Manhattan, Vinny Hay and Will Spector cannot do this podcast without you. The insider's chat was something this weekend. Thank you for being part of it. We love you guys. We'll be back probably with some a lot more crazy stuff this week. Um, we'll see you then. Bye. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.